All right. Welcome, welcome back to episode eight of The Virgin and the Bees. I'm very excited to be joined today by Carly Shawl. Hi, Carly. Hi. So Carly and I met in high school, like freshman year. So, you know, very fun times, <laughs> you know, 14. I th- we actually mm-hmm. met earlier than that. We met in middle school, but we were like, became close in high school. Um, so yeah, it's been a pleasure to know her and stay connected on social media and whatnot as people do these days. And she is a very like awesome person, very educated on topics of mental health and sexual wellness and all that good stuff that we like to talk about here. Um, She actually has her master's in psychology and she's working as a therapist right now as an associate marriage and family therapist. So yeah, so glad to have you here, Carly. Thanks for having me, Serena. I'm so I'm so excited to talk about everything that we're going to talk about today. And um, I think even in talking about mental health, a lot of how I got to there in the first place is through sexuality and just being interested in sexuality. Mm. So I'm excited to kind of join the two a little bit and just just get to talk about everything today. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I love that being able to kind of mesh with you because sexuality is so like embedded in a lot of different Mm -hmm. aspects of our lives it's not just this like oh little solitary corner of sexuality in my life and that's it you know so it's great to Mm -hmm. kind of see how it enmeshes in other aspects especially mental health that's a big one so Mm -hmm. yeah but I know that you've kind of had some experience with a program at your school, UC Santa Cruz. So I don't know if you want to talk a little bit more about that and kind of your experience. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. So UC Santa Cruz has this program called SHOP, which stands for Student Health Outreach and Promotion. And so kind of a lot of what we did was focused around sexual health specifically. And there are a lot of different volunteer programs that we could do. And the ones that I chose to do were work at condom co-op, which is we sold condoms eight for a dollar. A lot of things when you go to college are free or like pretty cheap. So that was one of those situations where we could like distribute safer sex products in a way that was like pretty low key and Mm -hmm. and also cheap for students to to access. Um, I love that name, condom (laughs) co-op. It's it's the alliteration. It just really gets you. (laughs) Yeah, I I loved it. I loved it. And I used to do demos uh, there too. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. if anybody wanted one while I was selling condoms, I could always do a demo. And on top of that, I also did some sexual education in this program called Slug Love. Um, Another great name. <laughs> it's, they they had the best names at shop. By, by the way, just for people listening, um, UC Santa Cruz mascot is a banana slug, so that's <laughs> where the slug comes from. <laughs> yes, we have we have the best mascot. It's literally what what everyone knows us for is the banana slug. It's so cute. Um, and in Slug Love, what we just educated people on consent, safer sex, um, talking about STIs, a lot of like good info that you don't learn in your high school health classes ever so I I really enjoyed that and then I also was a birth control counselor we had this program called birth control patrol 
like a mouthful. So many great names. <laughs> um, and so we were like the liaisons, like we were the people that talked to, it was mostly, mostly women who wanted birth control, just about their options. And then we would kind of bring them over to the health center, make sure they were all set up um, to get the birth control that they wanted. So a lot of great programs. And then one that I didn't work in, we had um, like peer HIV testing oh. in shop. It was, it was so cool. I know I didn't get to be a part of that program, but it just sounded like really, really nice to have somebody else who was like a comfortable face. Yeah. Be, being a part of that. So yeah, very that's cool. a very serious kind of thing. So I can imagine yeah. it'd be nice to have like a, you know, as you said, a comfortable face rather than like a, you know, kind of emotionally removed doctor or something. I don't know, mm-hmm. but definitely. Yeah. And I think at a certain level, like students kind of understand the culture and what's going on maybe more than, than adults or like doctors in some ways. Yeah. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 It does. It's kind of, yeah. Kind of that understood, like, I'm not judging you and, you know, mm-hmm. sort of thing, but yeah. Also, I realized I forgot to say my pronouns and you say your pronouns. I'm just yes. going <laughs> to say really quick. Uh, my pronouns are she and her. And I don't know if you want to share yours. <laughs> my pronouns are also she and her. Perfect. All right. So today we're talking about virginity again, a very kind of, you know, integral theme to this podcast And we kind of just want to talk about virginity as a construct and how it is very molded by society. And it, you know, is, as we said, it's a construct. It's not really real. It's what we make it. Also want to just share, you know, stories. I think one thing about this podcast is listening to different people's experiences with their sexuality with sex and their kind of journey with that. And I know that you have a a really important kind of story about your journey with losing your virginity and just with sex in general. And so I'd love for you to, to share that and to hear that about your journey with your virginity. I was gonna say virginity loss. I'm like, that's not that's not the right way to put it, but you're dreaming like, with sex. <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. And I, I think the inter- the interesting thing is that we like hear virginity and sex talked about in like a very specific way a lot of the time. And I think mm-hmm. that, that my story, at least, and why I'm excited to share it is, is that I want to hear stories like mine talked about more mm-hmm. um, because, because of the way that our culture has just shaped it. It, definitely makes changes our expectations so um I'm excited to talk about it and I think maybe the first the first piece that I'd like to talk about is is talking about virginity itself and yeah and like what what it even is because (laughs) it like I think that most people believe it to be just like intercourse in some way or another but but there's there's so many more pieces that are built into sexuality besides intercourse and I think it's so interesting that like we're so focused on that specific piece of sexuality Mm -hmm. um I I don't know I just think it's interesting that like 
when you're in a relationship or when you're with a partner of any kind, like you're going to be doing other things that you might do for the first time, but that's not like, oh, I lost my virginity. I lost my blowjob virginity or I lost my, you know, like virginity is, is just specifically with, with intercourse. And I just think that's so interesting. And, and it makes sense from the lens of like virginity was created I think partially with religion and partially with like when the culture was more focused on uh, survival. But at this point, like Mm -hmm. that's not where sex and sexuality is. So do we even need a label for it at some point? Yeah. It's, you mentioned that, you know, there's like blowjob virginity or, you know, when you think about all these things, you know, some of these people are like, oh, like I lost my like skydiving virginity or I lost my this virginity. Like the only word we have for doing something for the first time is, as you said, like intercourse. And it's such a heteronormative focus. Mm -hmm. As you said, it's kind of when we're more focused on survivals kind of maybe when this came in yeah I guess reproduction was kind of more at the forefront but I don't know that's like a weird that sounds weird putting it that way but that's basically what it is it's centered around sex that can produce a baby and Mm -hmm. even in our culture it's a lot like oh like not like how to do it in ways to not do that like oh be on birth control or use condoms like it's not even like we're really focused on that anymore unless you're at a place where you want to you know then that's different but with young people and in high school and college like there's so much focus on sex for people who who don't engage in penis vagina you know intercourse <laughs> if yeah. for other things you know other forms of sex as their main form like you know like maybe Mm -hmm. anal or tribbing or oral yeah or that's a big one too it's like that doesn't mean oh well you've never you've never had a penis inside of you or stuck your penis inside someone so therefore you're a virgin you've never had an intimate sexual connection like that doesn't Mm -hmm. make any sense and I think most people can agree that that doesn't make any sense but yeah as you said like there's so many different layers too like those are kind of the more I think what we think of in regards to the same quote unquote level as penis vagina intercourse, but there's also yeah. like, you know, um, kissing and making out and mm-hmm. hand jobs and fingering and, you know, other things that people would consider to be like an intimate thing. And then for some people, sex is not super intimate, you know, it's mm-hmm. just like kind of a bodily fun thing that you do with someone and for someone else it can be super intimate and so mm-hmm. people's approaches to it also can be different and so yeah I think it's it's really interesting I was actually reading something where they're talking about how you know virginity is a way to almost like I don't know if police woman is the right word mm-hmm. but like like this whole concept of purity Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of implies that that women aren't inherently sexual, that their worth comes from not engaging in sex. Mm-hmm. And then it's the reverse for men, like their sense of manliness comes from engaging in sex. And so mm-hmm. it's like, well, well, no one wins here. Like if you if you have sex, someone doesn't win. If you don't have sex, someone doesn't win. And like the whole concept of winning is like completely against the point but you know what I mean like it's kind of just been a way to like put a lot of emphasis of woman's worth into 
marriage and domestication Mm -hmm. and just a way to kind of like, as I said, I think police and control are kind of strong words, but, you Mm -hmm. know, in the sense control a woman's sexuality and sexual behavior. Absolutely. Um, Just like shaping even our desires and like what, what we want to do, like it, it determines what we think about and what we do in, in life. And it, it kind of prevents women from doing things that that men do all the time and that double standard that's created from it in in so many ways like does stem from the value of virginity being placed only on women Mm -hmm. which is mind-boggling because I've never like I don't think about it that way often that like men also lose their virginity in the same ways but it's it's emphasized totally differently um yeah and like for women, maybe it's shameful or like a lot of women may not tell other people versus like men may tell everyone immediately as soon as it's happened. Um, and I think also the, the concept of it only happening once, like Mm -hmm. you're only a virgin until you have intercourse for the first time. And then you never get to use that label again, that like it doesn't exist in your identity shifts in a way because of one decision that you've made with with another person yeah that's such a great point about the identity shift because if you think about it like with a lot of other experiences like yeah your identity may shift as you grow and change as a person but there's not a lot of other experiences where you're like oh I've done this one thing now so now my whole identity feels different or maybe Mm -hmm. not a whole identity but you're not you know, with, with most things, when you try something new for the first time, it's exciting. And you're like, okay, like mm-hmm. I've experienced this thing, but it doesn't change your sense of who you feel like you are. And mm-hmm. we place so much emphasis on it that it does, you know, the only other things I can think mm-hmm. of is maybe like getting married or something, which is of course kind of intricately tied to that as well. Um, yeah. 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 So that's a great thing. And another thing you said also was with guys losing their virginity, like they're expected to, and probably, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure feel a lot of pressure to. And I've heard, you know, mm-hmm. especially men who are older virgins, because being a, a virgin as a woman later is weird because there's that pressure of like, oh, like I'm behind, you know, but also people mm-hmm. kind of fetishize it in a way because of, as you said, like this older archaic notion of, purity and waiting until marriage. Hello, it's me, Zarina, in post-production, editing the episode, and I just wanted to take a moment to just clarify about something that I just said. Um, I don't mean that waiting until marriage, like that decision, is archaic. I mean more that the archaic notion that a woman's worth comes from whether or not she's engaged in sexual activity. That's kind of what I was getting at. Um, I think an individual's decision on when to have sex is completely their own. And one of my goals and hopes with this podcast is to make people feel valid in their choices, whatever those choices may be. And I think that deciding for yourself to wait until marriage, whether those reasons are religious or not, is totally valid. And I totally respect that. It's just that culture and society using virginity as a way to like control women's sexuality and sexual behavior. So basically using virginity as a way to strip women of their sexual agency, 
while also objectifying and sexualizing them, I think that's what is problematic and not necessarily an individual's decision on what to do with their body. And that's kind of part of sexual agency, right? Like waiting until marriage, that's a choice. And it should also be a choice to not do that. And so I just think that this whole idea that your worth comes from your sexual activity, that's what's outdated. Um, Yeah, so anyway, I just wanted to clarify that your choices are valid and back to the episode. But then for guys, like, I'm sure they feel a lot of pressure to, to quote unquote, lose it. As you said, that's not a great word to use because what are you even losing? But um, they have a lot of pressure to have a sexual experience and share that with everyone. And there's Mm -hmm. also this kind of, I think, notion that like guys always want to have sex and they're just so lucky to like be able to have sex, which is different to what is you know with with girls and I think that's also kind of a bit of a harmful idea or I guess Mm -hmm. societal myth because guys may not always be horny and want to have sex all the time they may not want to have Mm -hmm. sex with everyone that comes their way Mm -hmm. you know like they obviously have choice over their sexual behavior and choices as well and so Mm -hmm. yeah I think the concept of virginity on the surface of course seems like harmful to women well I guess maybe not on the surface but we're talking about it more and how it affects women but it also negatively Mm -hmm. affects men as well so I like how Mm -hmm. you brought that up thank you yeah I think it's just it's so important and I even in our education like I think a lot about our sex education and just how how we don't have a lot of understanding and access to how to think about sex in a way that makes it healthy and comfortable and something that's safe. Like I I remember a lot of my sex ed, it was just about STIs in that like mean girls, like you will get, you will get chlamydia and (laughs) die like type thing. Like, yeah, like that was my concern when I was in sex ed, but it wasn't about like we didn't have a conversation about virginity. We didn't have a conversation about how we can use our bodies in ways that that are comfortable for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, in my dream world, in my fantasy world, like we had more conversations like this about virginity and how it impacts everyone and how it's like a harmful construct in general mm-hmm. that doesn't that doesn't need to exist anymore. It's outdated. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like we we do have a label to describe like oh i've never had intercourse with anybody like if that's something important that brings you value in some way then then we have a label for it but otherwise like i think i think that it's just harmful to everyone yeah yeah and i think it's so interesting thinking about like um there was this jubilee video that you showed me that maybe i'll link in the description about asking virgins and non-virgins uh different questions and one of them was do we place too much value on virginity and I think that's a very interesting question because on one side you know kind of what we talked about it's outdated it's harmful yes we place too much value on it because it affects 
the way that we view and act with our sexuality in negative ways. And it shouldn't be such a big deal, you know? Um, but on the other hand, it's, it's weird. Cause it's almost like a, um, like two opposites, right? There's one of the purity and waiting until marriage. And, mm-hmm. you know, as we said, like kind of placing that value on having sex or not having had sex, which is harmful. But then there's also this other aspect of pressure from peers, but also I think more than peers is just kind of the overall society and your thoughts of what society is telling you you should be doing rather than Mm -hmm. individual people from, you know, when you're in high school and college of, oh, like you should be losing your virginity and having casual sex. Right. And so Mm -hmm. there's kind of these, these two extremes. And I think both are like, even that side is placing too much importance on it because if you don't want to have casual sex, and if you're someone who does want to wait until marriage, whether Mm -hmm. those reasons are religious or not, whatever that reason is, that is totally valid. And you can totally place importance on your virginity because yes, it's, it's not a big deal and we place too, too much importance on it, but it also is a very intimate thing that you can share with someone. And so that's something that you totally have the right to decide when you want to engage in that behavior, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I think if you want to place importance on it, you can in ways that are good and healthy for you and what you want. But as a society, we place too much pressure on it in these two very different ways. Whereas it, I think it should be in the middle where it's mm-hmm. people like don't care if you've lost your virginity or not, you know, and focusing on more about like, oh, who's this person as a person rather than mm-hmm. placing a lot, a lot of importance on whether or not they've had sex whatever sex means to them (laughs) Mm -hmm. totally and I I think that thinking about it in that way is really cool because it gives you a lot of control and just like any other identity that you have like you can tell people you cannot tell people you can keep it to yourself and you can weigh how much it impacts you and and how you believe you are Mm -hmm. um and I agree that like the societal impact on top of the the peer impact like it it all works together in that way to like bring you this conflict that you don't necessarily need like this conflict of like oh when am I gonna lose my virginity or like is this the person like and a lot of people I think in their in their fantasies at least I know when I was in high school and I would think about losing my virginity like it's it's brought up in this way that's so um fantasy like like oh it's gonna be perfect where there are gonna be roses everywhere like that whole (laughs) that whole idea that they that I saw on tv over and over again of like it's just it's planned out it's like there there's just a lot of um societal messages that we're given yeah um on top of this thing that is just just a piece of our identities at the end like just a an experience that we've had or haven't had that could matter or could never need to be talked about ever yeah yeah definitely yeah as as you said kind of the like roses on the bed and candles lit like that's what a lot of women are told growing up and so Mm -hmm. if you don't have that and also if it's not a great experience because sometimes you know if you don't 
know what you're doing, which a lot of people don't their first time and you're not properly aroused and prepared, it can be uh, painful and just not super enjoyable, especially if you're like nervous and in your head, like those are things that can, you know, contribute to a a not as great sexual experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if it's not this amazing thing, then it can, I I mean, I don't speak from personal experience, but like, I'm assuming that it could be like a kind of a letdown and a disappointment. And Mm -hmm. um, also, of course, slut shaming is like a whole other topic and and people feeling dirty after sex, especially Mm -hmm. women. And you know, the, the differences that when you're young, a, a woman has after sex versus a man, simply because of this concept of virginity and purity mm-hmm. that our society has upheld for a long time. And I think it, it's starting to get better, but it's still there, at least. I, I don't know, maybe Gen Z is like know. tearing it down more, but from when we were <laughs> in high school, it was definitely still there um Mm -hmm. but yeah totally and that and that I think kind of like leaks into my story a little bit of like we we have this this idea of virginity and when I was with my partner I had this idea of what virginity might look like and in Mm -hmm. my experience losing my virginity like wasn't necessarily even close to matching the idea and the conceptualizations of like what it was supposed to look like I guess um so I know I know for me I can kind of like lead into my my story a bit about like I was 16 or 17 um I started having a relationship with um my first like serious boyfriend I'd had a lot of boyfriends beforehand but we had dated like um, a few months at a time or or things like that or it just it didn't work out with people before but Mm -hmm. in in this relationship like we had said we loved each other it was um I was in this relationship where I felt like we were really close and I it was kind of codependent in a way like looking back at it now like six or seven years after um I would spend every day with him and we just we're we're very close um and at the time like I am a very different person now than I was before and so I I look back and I see like the person that I was at the time in this relationship and like I was so not in the mental headspace or that I didn't have the communication skills I didn't have just the the ability and knowledge to to be sexual in the ways that I think are are safe and comfortable for me now. So being in that relationship was interesting and being at that time where like, that is typically the time where like people lose their virginity and and that whole thing, like those societal pressures on top of me not being the person that I am today, I think like led me to this experience that's different than the experience that like TV leads you to believe, I guess, in a lot of ways. Um, And I think like, I have some trouble talking about it because I know that that there's a lot of people who have experienced like trauma around sex and and I the last thing that I want is for anybody to feel re-traumatized at all by my experience um and I also like have had good moments and have had positive sexual experiences since 
these experiences. But for me at the time, like this was like not a positive sexual experience for me from how I reflect on it now, if that makes sense. Definitely. Yeah. And thank you so much for, for sharing this. I really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so, I mean, it's, it's, it just is a fact. I, you know, in conversations with talking about this with my therapist in the past too, like, um, it just is, is my truth and my fact. And that's like, just something that I am confident in dealing with and know that, that the reason that I'm sharing it isn't to be like, oh, this, this, here's my bad experience, my bad sexual experience. But like, the reason that I'm sharing it is that like a lot of I think a lot of people who lose their virginity have the same experience as me and just we don't nobody talks about it and Mm -hmm. um just you know the the gist of why I'm talking about it is that I think it's important to have these conversations and to set our expectations differently and just I think it's it was a lesson for me that I that I'm hoping that other people can take people who maybe haven't lost their virginity yet or people who or with a partner and are thinking about it, like to take the lessons that I've learned and use them with themselves so that they can have better experiences than, than I remember having. Definitely. Um, and even if you, if you're at a place where you have had sexual experiences, maybe this is something that you can relate to that you felt alone in, or if you haven't had this experience, it's just, you know, it's always great to hear about other people's experiences and kind of expand your, your view of, of what people experience. Um, and mm-hmm. so I think it, it's valuable for anyone listening, regardless of their experience, but yes, very, very happy to, to hear your advice too, for, for people who maybe haven't gone through this yet. And it might be helpful too, for people who have, you know, cause mm-hmm. you always, you know, with a new partner, there's always new, or maybe not even a new partner. I don't even know what I'm saying, but you know, with each sexual experience, there's, you know, you can, the more, you know, the more you learn, the more you grow, you can always Mm -hmm. bring more and grow more in yourself and in a relationship. And yeah, anyway. um. No, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) It's, it's interesting because like we, we think losing virginity is like a one-time thing, but with every new partner, with every new experience it's it's different so like sex isn't the same thing over and over again every time it's different so even if like you had sex yesterday like maybe there's something that I talk about today that like can help bring you into a new headspace or just like be an even better place the next time um so in in talking about my like virginity experience I, I my partner had had a partner before me where he lost his virginity. So he had already not been a virgin by the time we were together and he had had sex before and in kind of um, was in, I think the socialized headspace that a lot of men are in and that like we were talking about earlier, where like the idea that, that sex is an important part of a relationship or like I had, I had felt the, the pressure to, engage in in sex and sexual activities because I wanted to make him happy and the idea is like that couples who like each other and they're in a relationship typically like do sexual things because they like each other and so me as a person who had done nothing but 
maybe make out with a person beforehand. Um, it was like all new to me and like part of it was an experience where I felt pressure and part of it was an experience where I was like willing to take on new challenges and try new things because because I liked him and I wanted to make him happy and um and I wasn't taught beforehand anything like I no knowledge of I had never seen porn before so I didn't even have like the vague idea of what sex maybe was supposed to look like besides like movies um they don't teach you about consent in high school at least they didn't when we were in high school so had no idea which is really kind of fucked up when you think about it like there's so much avoidance like stis stis Mm -hmm. stis because you were talking about that and we went through the same went to high school together we went through the same uh sex ed and it was very Mm -hmm. sti focused and yeah Mm -hmm. no no talk about consent at all is like so important to like i think teach young men what consent is and young women what it should look like yeah i agree i think it's important for literally every person and i i could go on a huge consent rant but like the <laughs> the gist the gist is that like we we should be doing things at all times that we agree we want to be doing. And as soon as we agree that we don't want to be doing it, or one of us decides that we don't want to do it, we stop. It's, it's like consent is more than just for sex. But in this case, like, it was, it would have been important if I had known, like, that even though I'm in a relationship, I still should do things enthusiastically in and in a way that I want to be doing them and that even if you do feel that pressure that that partner should understand and be okay with it because at a certain level like you both want to be doing things that you want to be doing together and that's that's the gist of it so a lot of the stuff that I learned about consent I learned after this relationship and and so it's just interesting thinking about me and where my headspace was at at the time like I I knew nothing. So he taught me everything um, and everything that he knew. He is a, when do we ever listen to 17 year old spit? Like, <laughs> sorry, sorry, anybody young, but like, um, they just, we don't know anything when we're in high school. <laughs> so, so like looking back at it now, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, why did I do this? And, and I get why, like, it makes sense that I wanted to make my partner happy. And, and that that's just like what you do when you're in a relationship but it's it's interesting looking back at it now and um and wanting to talk about this I was trying to think about like what what was my first time like because I I really don't even remember it and that's because like we had a lot of um sexual experiences afterwards and um so it just all like is congealed into one thing for me but the and and I know that we had had conversations beforehand where I like had talked about how I'm worried about bleeding because that's like a huge thing that's talked about is like we hear the two sides of like it's amazing it feels great like and then we hear the other side of like it's sloppy it hurts that's like not not good um and I I also have opinions on what like good and bad sex is because like I don't know if we can even label it one or the other at the end of the day but like just um having that conversation with him was important and something something that helped me along the way but I think that the feeling that I have now is that I was not ready 
to have sex when when I did have sex for the first time and and afterwards I just like was not I didn't have the communication tools to be able to say like I'm not feeling it um can we do it another time like like even even those little things and I think that um because our relationship was codependent a lot of my happiness and my well-being I based on whether my partner was happy in our relationship and I just wanted um him to stick around and like be happy in our relationship together and not that I was given the information that he wouldn't be but just it was just like a unconscious message that like I would be disappointing him in some way if I didn't do what he wanted me to do um if that makes sense and I think I think that that that's felt in a lot of relationships like people want to please their partners and they want to um do things I think for me like my I have a an anxious attachment style which which means that I am worried that people will leave essentially like it's just something that's unconscious within me and so I think that leads to a lot of people pleasing behavior and just like me wanting to do things to make other people happy because I base a lot of my esteem and my happiness on on making sure that other people are taken care of um which is like both personality difficulty that I that I deal with but also just um you know something that I'm that I'm working on but at the time like total people pleaser wanted my partner to be happy so I did a lot of what what he wanted me to do because I didn't know anything and um I wanted to make him happy which which makes sense but looking back at it now like I I felt a lot of um I think unhappiness with myself about my decisions that I that I chose to make and um at the time too I wasn't on birth control so there's a lot of extra elements of um as having talks about condoms and me making the decision that like, because, you know, people with penises say that like sex without condoms feels better, which I'm sure it does. I can't argue that. Um, but eventually it like led to the decision that like, okay, we're, we're going to try to use the pullout method. And so that, that led, and I didn't have birth control. So that led to just like a lot of, um, crises internal crises that didn't need to happen in the end so so there was like a this isn't I I realize as I'm talking about it this isn't necessarily a story it's just like an ongoing experience (laughs) that I had but um that's still a story (laughs) I I know this is it's the whole thing is just the middle and then the end is that I learned um (laughs) always a good ending (laughs) I I agree I agree and so, so I think like with all that in mind, it's in talking about it, it's interesting because like I did have good sexual experiences with him. I also had ones that, that I reflect on as being like hard times in my life. And that's um, not because of him, but it's just like our, our developed teenage brains didn't necessarily have like functioning frontal lobes in the way that I do now. I didn't have the communication skills. I don't think that we were on the same page in the way that that I'd like to be with my partners now. Um, and so so I think that like this leads me to thinking about um, 
what I'm hoping, what I have now, and what helps me have better sexual experiences than the ones that I had then. And kind of like my hopes that other people have developed within themselves to be able to have good sexual experiences, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm so proud of you for like getting to this point where you like obviously it's it's not an easy thing to go through and so having gone through that and getting to a place now where you feel comfortable to share that publicly and and have the you know mental capacity to reflect and have this advice of like oh here's how I would have done things differently or and not like necessarily like like, as you said, like, it is what it is, like, kind of still accepting and, like, moving on and moving forward and Mm -hmm. and having, as I said, the space to reflect on that and be at a better place when it comes to your relationship with sex and your partners. So thank you for sharing. And um, yeah, I'm, I I just have a lot of love and respect for you. So thanks so much, Serena. I, I appreciate it. And I think that like if if you're in these moments where like sex doesn't feel great like I I know eventually that like after what seven years and looking back now like I was like wow I really did that and at the time I think it always when you're in a low place it feels like oh I'll never get out of here but like Mm -hmm. it's we we grow and change and we move on from things and we look back and be like okay well here's here's how I've developed now so I think that if people who are listening are in their lower place and just like knowing that it's it will change at some point is always good to know um and Definitely. just like oh, thanks sorry. for <laughs> thanks for listening and being being interested in hearing in the first place too I think it's it's hard to have conversations as like a sex positive person that are like sex isn't always positive um if that makes sense yeah it's a very important like as, as you said earlier, like this is something that a lot of people do experience. And mm-hmm. I think part of sex, po- sex positivity is recognizing that it isn't always positive, you know, like there's mm-hmm. kind of two sides of that. Like I think of sex positive as looking at sex in a healthy way and trying to I don't want to say promote it because that sounds weird, like not promoting sex, but but it's kind of almost like 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 the sex education that we didn't get right like Mm -hmm. and I think that encompasses all aspects of sex can be a positive thing it cannot be a positive thing and as you said it's it can kind of you said you know good sex versus bad sex like it's not always a dichotomy it's a lot more complicated than that and so I think sex positivity is looking at the full range of Mm it so yeah absolutely that it's important to have the whole picture and I and so I like having this conversation because I feel like we're filling in gaps sometimes that that I didn't hear about until I guess lately as we're having more conversations about this stuff mm-hmm. yeah definitely um, <laughs> so in going into like thoughts and just like processing I think the things that I didn't know that I wish I knew now and looking back and being like okay when I when I lost my virginity, I didn't know what an orgasm felt like. Um, and I didn't understand how it was supposed to feel like either. Like my partner would ask me like, did you come or like, and 
And I would be like, I don't know. Um, (laughs) And I think that I, that I hear some people say like, you'll know when you know. And I think I don't remember that moment when the light bulb clicked for me, but at some point I like started learning, but that it takes time for you to get there. And it takes um, personal experimentation and it takes like you really learning your body and how it works um, Mm -hmm. to know that kind of stuff. And I, think I wish that I had had that knowledge before going into it now just like generally being comfortable with your body and understanding it like um I think is so important in in sex and sexuality and just like knowing knowing yourself in general at levels too um and I think that there are a lot of conceptions about I don't even know if that's a word that that's applicable to this situation, but that's the word that came to mind. But there are just a lot of ideas about sex and sexuality and how it should be. You know, I was the first time, well, like really my whole relationship with this partner, I didn't know that like moaning was a thing. I didn't, I did I was like so green when it came to knowing anything about sex and and this is what sparked me wanting to get to know stuff was like being like oh I have to have these experiences now where or I'm going to have these experiences now where I should know these things and so for for those sexual experiences like I was quiet and my partner was like why aren't you moaning like why aren't you saying anything and that and so that was like an extra piece for me of just understanding like that people go into sex having an idea of what it's supposed to be like and just knowing more about like what others expect from me helps me understand like what how to how to gauge with them and how to communicate with them in a way that's that's comfortable for me because like moaning isn't necessarily like a natural thing for everyone I guess and so so there are just like little pieces that you don't really learn until you go through it Mm-hmm. um that that I just learned along the way and now wish I knew back then um <laughs> I think also for me birth control was really important for my sense of safety in having sex and I think that going I had to go through this experience to know that and and now that I do I just know that it's a part of me so just factoring in what is essential for you in terms of what makes you feel safe and comfortable is important in any sexual experience and then also I think like being ready for sex as a mindset and in mm. in so many ways that's like having the knowledge being willing and able to communicate with your partner being ready and enthusiastic for it like I I don't want to have sex at a time where I'm like not feeling it like that just doesn't yeah. sound like pleasurable and good for me so so I think those are just some some pieces um and also like I think that a lot of people are worried about being hurt the first time that they have sex and um I think for anybody who has a vagina specifically like it's muscular so you can stretch it out in the same way you can stretch out other muscles um so just know that like if you want to prevent bleeding a lot of it has to do with stretching and not like a lot of people believe that it has to do with like popping your cherry or whatever, which like it is a tissue in inside of the vagina that like could be kind of covering the opening or it could not be. It depends on your body, but, but any um, insertion of like 
working your way up to larger things helps um, stop any sort of bleeding, I guess, if you want more of a tips and tricks on like, (laughs) (laughs) how do I not bleed the first time type things? Also on that note, really quick is, um, yeah, I love that tip of stretching because I didn't, that's the first time I've heard of that, which it makes a lot of sense. Um, but another one that I've, I've heard a lot is using lube and making sure that you're properly lubricated. Um, I'm not sure if that helps as much with bleeding per se, but definitely with pain. And, um, yeah, it also makes sense that it probably would make it harder for the hymen to tear or the cherry to Mm -hmm. pop as you, as you put it. But yeah, anyway, sorry, I just wanted to add that in there. Oh, I think that's a great tip. I was thinking, um, it reminded me, I watched this Anna Akana video a bit ago. I love Anna Akana. (laughs) (laughs) She, she read this book and I have it on my reading list now. It's like just about sex. Um, and one of the facts that she learned was like that people only, the vaginas only lubricate themselves like 30% of the time or so like they oh interesting it's like the the vagina doesn't lubricate itself every time and so it's so important to have lube available um for those situations and I think people equate a lot of lubrication to like being horny but that's mm-hmm. not it's not necessarily always the case that you're like body sometimes just doesn't work with you the way that you you <laughs> want it to and sometimes that's also helpful too so thanks Serena yeah, that's awesome. I didn't know that. That's that's yeah. an interesting fact. So. And and don't take don't take me at exactly my word because I just uh, that's from memory. I didn't like fact check myself, but yeah, um, just Im- important stuff. And I think I think overall a big piece of what I recommend too is to have knowledge, like in every aspect, knowledge of yourself, knowledge of what you like and what exists in the world and I think just basic knowledge about consent and sexuality in general is is like important to have and hopefully knowledge of your partner at least like do a quick check like I know my I have a friend who who takes a sex quiz with her partners before she has sex with them that's Um, so fun (laughs) (laughs) right so so I think like there's there's just so many things I feel like I could have a whole checklist but like (laughs) you I mean, you know when you're ready better than anybody else, but I just, I think my hope is that, that we all have more sexual experiences when we really feel mentally ready for it. 100%. I think that was very well said about <laughs> having sexual experiences when you're ready for it, kind of tying back to the whole concept of virginity earlier, mm-hmm. you know, whether that's something that you want to wait for or not, or, you know, it's all your experience and just making sure that you're in the proper headspace for it. And I also love what you said about knowledge in all aspects, like knowledge of yourself, knowledge of what sex is and consent and knowledge of your partner. Like the idea of a sex quiz sounds fun. I kind of want to like see, see an example of that now, but, um, but yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to share? I kind of interrupted you there. No, I think it was weaved in perfectly. So I, I don't think there's anything else that I, that I really wanted to share. I think like my, I'm looking at my notes a little bit and the, the last point I think to really nail home for me is like, I think it it links into something that we're going to talk about later in relation to people pleasing. But like, Mm -hmm. I think in general, for me, I didn't understand the importance of condoms and contraception. And I think like 
condoms and and other forms of contraception are so helpful in so many ways. They prevent STIs, they uh, prevent pregnancy. And so, so just knowing, I think, what contraception is important for you to have, I think is something that I didn't really think about before. And a lot of people don't have the conversation before of like, are we going to use condoms? And then like people end up like just assuming things and there's like a whole conversation about that. So there's just like uh, so many different aspects that you don't think of, but just um, one thing to add to the checklist of things is like, just know, know what contraception you need to make you feel comfortable having sex with another person too. Yeah. Important. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, what you were saying earlier about kind of being a um, birth control patrol and kind of like helping guide women to figure out what type of birth control they want. Like there's, there's a lot of different uh, options and forms of birth control. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think kind of being educated on that and I could do, (laughs) I think we talked about this, but like I could do like a whole episode on birth control and a whole like Mm -hmm. series on it and like hormonal birth control, like the, some of the negative impacts that I experienced and positive, but like, Mm -hmm. it's, I think it's, told as like oh like it's this perfect thing which is it's it's really Mm. amazing that we have that that opportunity to have that you know for Mm. birth control and controlling birth and also you know hormonal birth control helps with a lot of other things like PCOS Mm -hmm. and irregular painful periods and whatnot Mm. and and different like people who are on birth control hormonal birth control it's not always for controlling birth yeah (laughs) but it also has some, it could have some negative impacts on other Mm -hmm. areas of your life that you may not have thought of that I don't think is talked about as often. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, I just kind of went off on a, I'm like, I went off on a different sphere. (laughs) But it's, it's a representation of why it's so important to, to know those sorts of things. I think going in, like, like knowing, knowing how you're going to be and knowing how how your body works on a certain birth control or whatever it is like you mm-hmm. just being being aware of that while you're in the process of like prepping for sex or in yeah. in a sexual act with somebody is important to just know be aware of everything we have to, <laughs> we have to yeah. be aware of so much um <laughs> I, I just have another question that kind of popped mm-hmm. up um as you're talking because you you said something about you know, with, with partners and the idea of a checklist and having a conversation with your partner beforehand. So I know you've kind of been talking about a checklist of things for yourself before you get Mm -hmm. into a sexual experience, but I'm, I'm kind of wondering what you would off the top of your head put on a checklist for a conversation with your partner specifically. Mm. I mean, the thing that comes to mind is uh, there's a sexologist on YouTube called Sexplanation or her, her show on YouTube is called Sexplanations, but her name is Lindsay Doe. Um, I'm going to check that out. I, have, I yeah. haven't heard of that. Sexplanations. Jo- yeah. John Green and Hank Green kind of like boosted her oh. career when I was in high school. And she was the person that I used to get a lot of my sexual health information from when I first started, when I lost my virginity, like literally in this relationship. And she did a video on a will, want, won't um, list. Mm. And so that's, you know, just putting a list together of like things that you both agree that you want, that you're, that you're willing to do. Um, so like things that are kind of in the middle of like, 
I'd do this if my partner wanted me to. Um, want or like the things that you're that you're wanting to have when I think it could be necessarily about sex or it could be about like aftercare, it could be about uh foreplay beforehand, like things, things that you're wanting within the experience itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you could say, like, I want to cuddle afterwards, and that could be something that you put on there, or like I want to do this position more often than others or things like that. And then won't is like the thing, the things that I will not do if you ask me to do your kind of like red flag areas. Um, and so that's kind of the areas that I think of where you could maybe make a list with your partner and just like combining, sharing your brains and, and what you already are aware of of yourself mm-hmm. um, with them so that they're aware. I'm trying to think, because I'm sure that your partner would also have an idea of of themselves and kind of what's important to them. So I'm sure that you could fit anything else that's important from your partner's point of view in there too, just like you can fit in the stuff that you're wanting from yourself within that list. Yeah, you can find like the common ground. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's also a a great idea to kind of get a check-in with your own headspace and what mm-hmm. what you are feeling but also it's a great yeah it's springboard for a dis- discussion like it's mm-hmm. if you make those lists either make them together or you make them separately and you bring them together and like you just it's great to just look at that but also like you know talking about it and and it's a mm-hmm. great way to kind of broach some topics that may be awkward to talk about or bring mm-hmm. up otherwise so I really I really like that that totally. tip thanks for sharing of course of course and I that also makes me think about communication and like just just you know you know, make sure that you're able to communicate those things with your partner and I think if you're not able to then that's something that you probably want to be aware of before you do anything too just just knowing yourself well enough I know for me sometimes I'm not able to communicate things in the moment because I just want to uh, make the other person happy and like I get stuck in a space where I'm like compromising my own values for something that they want and then I just like freeze and don't say anything and so so communication is really important I think it's important for me to like let my partners know in those situations like hey if I freeze or if I don't say anything like that's me saying that I don't want to do this thing um so extra extra stuff to either put on the list or just include in that conversation definitely yeah and thank you for bringing that up about freezing because you know tying back to consent a bit about consent being an enthusiastic yes you know if your partner freezes then that's probably a good time to check in with them Mm -hmm. rather than continuing to do what you're doing Mm -hmm. um so yeah (laughs) agreed agreed absolutely I think part of communication is also being aware of of your partner and what's going on with them and being like hey I see that you're not focused or like you're not answering the question I just asked you like that's that's a great time to check in yeah yeah and I think you you had mentioned this before but just kind of reiterating that like you know consent can be revoked at any time and it's Mm -hmm. not something that's just one and done you know like it's you can be in the middle of something and maybe they wanted to do it at the beginning or they weren't sure and kind of went forward with it and now they don't want to do it anymore and that's mm-hmm. totally fine and and same with 
we did an episode on consent. Um, it was our second episode called what is consent. And it was focusing more on, um, my friend that we talked to, she's like in a committed relationship and it was less about consent in terms of like hookup culture and potential, like kind of predatory situations, I guess. Um, it was more about consent in a committed relationship and about Mm -hmm. how, you know, maybe, maybe one day, one of your, one of you guys just isn't feeling it. Mm -hmm. And I think we touched on this and that's totally fine too. And how it's this ongoing conversation and this Mm -hmm. ongoing thing. Um, so I think we've already kind of talked about that and hinted at it, but I just kind of wanted to explicitly state and solidify that before we close out this, um, this part one, because Mm -hmm. there is a part two and we're going to talk more about people pleasing and Carly's going to share kind of some of the tips and advice that she's kind of gained from navigating that. So stay tuned for that. (laughs) But yeah, um, thanks again so much, Carly, for joining us and for sharing your story. Carly is actually going to launch a podcast of her own. I'm super excited about it. It's called With a Little Help from My Friends because she has great taste in music. And so if you want to listen to her and her favorite people talk about the plethora of difficulties that life brings and how they navigate it, then you can check that out. Um, at the time of recording this episode it's not out yet but it it will be launching soon and you can follow her instagram account for it at with a little help fmf short for from my friends and so yeah i don't know carly if there's anything else that you kind of want to talk about with that or the podcast no i mean i'm i'm so excited to launch it it's just it's a a pod where we talk about everything that has to do with with growing up and and just I think the struggles that myself and my friends deal with on on a daily basis just kind of what's going on in our heads or what's important to us lately and so I think it's going to be really relatable and I'm excited to put it out there yeah me too (laughs) I'm excited to hear it um yeah I think I told you this too when we when we first started talking about this episode but this idea that especially in quarantine like more now than ever like having these like just open candid real conversations about more than oh COVID sucks is like Mm -hmm. what I think a lot of people are craving and is really like great to have and as you said like with listening to conversations and explanations and other things you were able to learn more about sexuality and get to a, a place where you felt better with yourself and how you experience the world you know Mm -hmm. and so I think having these conversations you know more than just about sex and sexuality but as you said like just growing up and and things that we've learned and also things that you know you may be currently thinking about and struggling with I think that's a great a great thing and and people hopefully can relate to it maybe learn a little bit and hopefully Mm -hmm. same with this podcast um but yeah. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. Thank you so much for having me, Serena. I, I love talking about this stuff. So, so happy to get the space to do it. Yeah. First, thank you again for 
for sharing because I know that's a, a difficult story to share. So I, I appreciate you and I appreciate you being on here. Thank you, Carly. Thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you in part two. Oh, also, um, I knew I was forgetting something. So <laughs> you can follow this podcast on Instagram. You can find us at the Virgin and the Bees podcast. So yeah, follow Carly's podcast from a little help FMF, follow this podcast at the Virgin and the Bees podcast. And yeah, share the podcast with a friend if you're enjoying it, if you think they like it and enjoy it and benefit from it. And maybe also give us a review and rating on Apple, Apple, Apple podcasts. I can't say that word (laughs) on Apple podcasts and yeah, have a wonderful rest of your day and keep on buzzing.